1: Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com
2: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Just visit audible.com slash or text Wondery Pod to 500 500. That's audible.com slash Wondery Pod or text Wondery Pod to 500 500.
3: Tonight, making history. President Biden promises to nominate the first black woman to the nation's highest court by the end of February. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer at the White House today, handing in his letter of resignation. Tonight, the top three candidates and the debate within the Democratic Party on who should be the next nominee. Powerful winter storm targets the Northeast, bringing heavy snow, strong winds to places like New York and Philadelphia. Breaking news, three officers shot in Houston as the NYPD salutes the fallen. Hundreds of mourners pay tribute to Jason Rivera, one of the New York officers killed in the line of duty. Ukraine prepares for war. President Biden speaks with Ukraine's President Zelensky as Russia sends in more troops. Can you reach me? Teacher shortages. The state taking extraordinary measures to deal with the lack of staff inside schools, calling in the National Guard. I really like her uniform because yes. I like how it has like the patches and stuff. Eye on America: the innovative way ranchers are trying to maintain their way of life oh. after two decades of droughts. And on this Holocaust Remembrance Day, how a 98-year-old survivor and her great-grandson are using TikTok to make sure the next generation never forgets.
4: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell
5: reporting from the nation's capital.
3: Good evening, and thank you for joining us. It's history in the making as President Biden vows to make good on his campaign pledge to nominate the first black woman to the Supreme Court. If you look back of the 115 justices, all but seven have been white men. The president said today he will name his choice to replace Justice Stephen Breyer by the end of February. Breyer today formally handed in his letter of resignation to the president and will step down at the end of the court's current term this summer. There is already a short list of potential candidates to fill the seat, and the biggest battle in the confirmation process may be within the Democratic Party before a nominee is even announced. CBS's Ed O'Keefe joins us now from the White House. Good evening, Ed.
6: Good evening, Nora. The president said today he plans to make his choice by the end of February, but as a former chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee and a vice president who once helped interview Supreme Court nominees, he's been preparing for this moment for decades. Good afternoon. President Biden today, flanked by retiring Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer, says he's already reviewing potential choices Breyer to Breyer succeed entirely. him. The person I will nominate will be someone with extraordinary qualifications, character, experience, and integrity. And that person will be the first black woman ever nominated to the United States Supreme Court. It's long overdue in my view. CBS News has learned top contenders include Federal Appeals Court Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson, a Harvard Law School graduate and former clerk for Breyer, who spoke about that experience in 2017.
1: It was an incredible experience just to be in the room while the justice grappled with some of the most difficult and consequential legal
3: issues of the day.
6: Another candidate, California Supreme Court Justice Leandra Krueger, a Yale Law School graduate, placed on the court with the help of then-California Attorney General Kamala Harris. And federal judge Michelle Childs, a University of South Carolina law school graduate backed by the state's senior congressman Jim Clyburn, who said a non-Ivy League background would be refreshing.
7: I am very, very concerned uh, that we pick on this elitist uh, kind of atmosphere uh, when we uh, pretend uh, that the only way you can demonstrate, uh, let qualifications, is to go to certain
6: schools. Celebrating Justice Breyer today, the president reminisced about chairing his confirmation hearing in 1994, saying he had high hopes then. And he's exceeded those hopes
5: in every possible way.
6: Breyer says he's stepping down optimistic about the future of what he called Thank the American experiment.
5: My grandchildren and their children. They'll determine whether the experiment still works. And, of course, I am an optimist, and I'm pretty sure it will.
6: So once the president makes his pick, the Democratic-controlled Senate is vowing to quickly confirm her. And barring some unforeseen circumstance, Mr. Biden's nominee, at least for now, is all but assured to be confirmed.
3: Nora. All right, Ed O'Keefe, thank you. Well, we want to turn now to the powerful winter storm moving along the eastern seaboard. Cities are bracing for blizzard conditions and hurricane-force wind gusts that could knock out power to millions. CBS's Lonnie Quinn joins us now. Good evening, Lonnie.
5: Good evening, Nora. You're right. The seaboard is preparing for a big storm but right now it's not there if you look at the radar picture a little bit of snow like around kentucky but i showed you yesterday where we believe this was going to emerge somewhere off the coast of the southeast and it was going to travel offshore affecting the big coastal cities 70 percent chance it stayed offshore there was a 30 percent chance it could come closer to shore and put bigger numbers for the bigger more inland cities but today the best projection is it's going to kind of split the difference so let me show you how that looks on the the computer models you put this into motion and you're going to see that it ramps up all the while, once it hits that energy from the Atlantic Ocean. So by the time you get to one o'clock on Saturday, you've got heavy snow coming down two inches an hour, anywhere from Boston to the east end of Long Island. And the snow totals are looking like this. Not a big change from where we were yesterday, Philadelphia three inches, New York City around six inches or so, Hartford a foot or more, and then Boston, south of Boston, two feet or more. And if you think the northerners can escape to Florida for warmth and and get away from the storm, they'll escape the storm, but it's 31 Sunday morning in Orlando, sub-freezing around. Disney World. That's the way we see it, Nor, it's all yours.
3: Lonnie Quinn, thank you. Well, we have some breaking news now out of Houston. There is a standoff tonight between police and a suspect who allegedly shot three Houston police officers after a high-speed chase. The officers were taken to an area hospital. They are in stable condition, we're told. Now let's turn to New York because 22-year-old NYPD officer Jason Rivera received a hero's farewell today. A procession for the officer killed while answering a domestic disturbance call wound through the city, ending at St. Patrick's, Cathedral for his wake. Here, CBS's Elaine Cahano.
7: He was a rookie in their ranks, just 22 years old. All saluted as the casket of Officer Jason Rivera was carried inside St. Patrick's Cathedral. I felt so bad, it's so sad, so young. The wake comes after an emotional vigil held last night, where Officer Rivera and his partner Wilbert Mora were remembered by their brothers in blue. Sorry, Don't okay.
8: okay. I want to motivate ya.
7: Rivera was the son of Dominican immigrants and he joined the NYPD in 2020, calling it the greatest police force in the world. He'd hoped by serving, he could help ease tensions between the community and police.
5: When he was a little boy, he said, I want to take care of the people, that's why he wanted to be a police. On
7: Friday, Rivera and Mora were shot while responding to a domestic violence call. Rivera died that night. Mora, who was 27, died four days later. Nationwide last year, gunshots killed 61 officers in the line of duty, a 36 percent increase from 2020. It really hurts. Carmen Quinones, the mother of an NYPD officer herself, says she's familiar with the fear. Every day,
4: you know, you're holding your breath that you don't know if your kid is going to come through that door. Every freaking day.
7: Now, Rivera's wife faces profound loss. Online, she wrote, I love you till the end of time. Officer Rivera's funeral will take place tomorrow here at St. Patrick's Cathedral. Officer Mora's funeral will take place next week. President Biden will also be coming to town next week to meet with Mayor Adams to discuss how to combat gun violence. Nora.
3: And we're learning today that Officer Mora's organ donations saved five lives, a true hero. Elaine, thank you. Well, tonight is the deadline for more than 10 million healthcare workers to get their first COVID vaccine. And while some are happy about the mandate, others are worried it could worsen severe labor shortages. And it's not just hospitals experiencing a lack of staff. As CBS's Chris Van Cleve reports, some schools are taking drastic measures to keep classrooms open. One more, one more.
9: Reporting for duty, teaching fourth grade.
6: How are you doing, Liliana?
9: New Mexico Air National Guard Lieutenant Colonel Susana Corona is now on the front lines of the battle to keep schools open.
3: I'm from New Mexico, and I want to help my fellow New Mexicans. It's being part of the community and bettering the community.
9: The Estancia School District serves a rural community of about 1,800. All available substitutes are covering for staff out sick or are sick themselves.
4: I'm going to do some reading. We're gonna- if
9: Colonel Corona wasn't here, this class would be practicing reading remotely. Is it a harder job than you thought it would be?
3: It is. It is action packed and it is one stop after another stop after another stop, another subject. So you it's very dynamic.
9: Superintendent Cindy Sims says the COVID surge hit Estancia harder than ever.
1: We've lost parents of students in our school. I'm sorry. We've lost spouses of our staff. We've lost grandparents.
9: New Mexico has seen over 22,000 new COVID cases since the weekend, forcing about 60 school districts and charter schools to switch to virtual learning. The governor not only brought in the guard, she did double duty, too, by teaching kindergarten in Santa Fe.
5: We did math. We learned about syllables. We did a watercolor art project.
9: And while it's the first time these kids have had a sub in uniform
4: and diploma
9: they do seem to like their new commanding officer
4: she is a very good teacher and she's very kind thank
9: you all new substitutes go through a background check and online training course colonel corona tells us she has a newfound respect for teachers she calls them real heroes and nora we can confirm the colonel did not forget to give out the homework assignments
3: (laughs) of course she didn't all right chris van cleve thank you so much And we learned today that in the last 24 hours, there's been an increased Russian buildup of troops on the Ukraine border. Also the U.S. military naming the 10 U.S. bases where some 8,500 troops are on heightened alert to deploy to Eastern Europe. CBS's Holly Williams reports from Ukraine's capital of Kyiv.
10: The U.S. says the ball is now in Russia's court. And today, Moscow continued its build-up near Ukraine's northern border in Belarus for what it says are military drills. Russia's demanding security guarantees, including the rolling back of NATO forces from Eastern Europe and a ban on Ukraine joining the alliance. The US and its NATO allies say they cannot agree to either. The American ambassador to Russia hand-delivered a written response yesterday. Today, the Kremlin said the U.S. had not addressed its main concerns and likened the current situation to the Cold War. Ukraine has lived with Russian aggression for years. These essential services employees are getting military training. And these schoolchildren in the capital, Kiev, are learning about bomb threats. At St Michael's Golden-Domed Monastery, the faithful have been worshipping for over 900 years. At this early morning service, some Ukrainians told us they were praying for peace. I I hope God talks some sense into Russia, said this woman. And this 60-year-old man told us he'll willingly take up arms to defend his country. And Holly Williams joins us now from Kiev. So Holly, what are we learning
3: about President Biden's call with Ukraine's president today?
10: Well, Nora, a source tells CBS News tonight that Ukraine's president, Vladimir Zelensky, asked the U.S. to dial back its rhetoric on an imminent invasion because he does not want panic here in Ukraine.
3: Holly Williams with that new reporting. Thank you. In tonight's Eye on America, two decades of drought conditions have taken a heavy toll on America's ranchers. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti reports on the innovative ways they're trying to save a centuries-old way of life.
8: Daniel Sinton's family has raised cattle on this 18,000-acre ranch outside Paso Robles, California, for 140 years.
9: When you get so little rain, uh, we're not able to grow grass and we're not able to feed the cattle. That means we end up having to sell them off. How many of them did you have to sell off? We sold off about 40% of the cattle this last year. His
8: story is tied to the nostalgia and the changing legacy of American ranching. But putting stakes on plates has gotten more difficult, with 87% of the West
9: currently in at least moderate drought. In a typical year, you can run about uh, one cow per 40 acres. In a drought year like this, it's more like one to 100.
8: Industry analysts say a majority of California ranchers have had to sell at least some of their cattle because of the drought. But on a ranch in Winkleman, Arizona, one cattleman's herd is growing. What are you trying to accomplish? I'm trying to graze cattle without killing the earth. Langdon Hill, a retired automotive safety engineer, is now trying to engineer a breed of cow better suited for the drought-ravaged West. These are the Brahmas. They have a hump and that's part of their water storage characteristic. Almost like a camel. His goal is to breed Brahmins with Herefords, an English variety that's proven to be climate adaptable while producing quality beef products. The result?
5: When these two uh, cattle cross, we're going to be creating a hybrid animal. They're going to be a more drought-resistant and a better animal
8: for an arid part of the world. So they could produce food while consuming less? Yes. The success of these crossbreeding will take years to measure. Back in California, Sinton took us on horseback to see his family's plan B.
9: Well, the vineyard is a great source of revenue, and it's a low user
8: of water. In 1972, Sinton's grandfather set aside 120 acres to grow and sell grapes to winemakers. Today, the family produces their own. This is a 2019. It's delicious. Do you ever see your Plan B taking over your Plan A?
9: No, because the purpose of Plan B is to generate revenue to sustain Plan A. Ranching in America
8: has always been a profession of faith. We're stewards of the land. But it will also take ingenuity to preserve this American way. What happens with livestock and the earth? For Ion America, Jonathan Vigliotti, CBS News. Mm. Pasa Robles, California.
3: Much of Team USA is on its way to Beijing for the Olympics. A Delta Airlines charter took off from LAX with about 100 athletes on board. Remaining team members are going to leave over the next few days. Now usually these U.S. Olympic teams, they don't travel together in large numbers, but Yep, the charter was in response to those COVID restrictions, and we wish them the best. All right, a story of American kindness and good sportsmanship. Fans of the Kansas City Chiefs are donating in honor of the Buffalo Bills and quarterback Josh Allen. After last week's nail-biting playoff win over the Chiefs, to the end, Bills rather, so- Chiefs fans started donating money to a Buffalo Children's Hospital. So far, Kansas City fans have donated more than three hundred thousand dollars. How great is that? Don't you love that? Today marks 77 years since the liberation of Auschwitz, and that's why we mark Holocaust Remembrance Day, to make sure that the world never forgets. CBS's Charlie Daggett introduces us tonight to a 98-year-old Auschwitz survivor who is sharing her story with the younger generation thanks to her great-grandson and TikTok.
10: At
4: 98 years old, Lily Ebert is not your typical TikTok star. Yet she's got 1.6 million followers and 23 million likes sharing stories of how she survived the Holocaust. In Auschwitz, you were not afraid of that. You were afraid to live. I promised myself, how long I will be alive, one thing is sure. I will tell my story. Her story begins with watching her mother, brother, and a sister taken away to the gas chambers the moment they arrived in Auschwitz. Hello, TikTok. Taking it to TikTok was a mission she and her 18-year-old great-grandson Dove came
1: up with during lockdown. So I said to my great-grandmother, if they can go viral for dancing, why can't we go viral for sharing these really important messages? They were right.
4: My number is a... 572. That video alone got more than 20 million views. By reaching out to the TikTok generation, Lily has kept that lifetime promise alive. I thought single handedly, I will tell my story and I will change the world. Changing the world one TikTok at a time. And this story should not And cannot be forgotten. Charlie Daggett, CBS News, London.
3: Well, Lily has three children, 10 grandchildren, and 34 great-grandchildren. And she says that is proof that the Nazis did not win. Well, you can learn more stories like Lily's during a CBS primetime special on Saturday night, Undeniable, The Truth to Remember. It airs Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time. Tomorrow, a look at the microchip shortage and what it means for you. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. Good night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com slash survey.
5: Look around.